Good morning, everyone. This is the Mind World Podcast again. Uh, welcome to our next episode for our latest one. And we're really excited. Uh, we've got an exciting guest today, um, one of our own from MineRP, Donald Lekenge. And I'm going to introduce Donald in a moment, but let me just quickly remind you that we are busy with a series on how people within MineRP believe we can unlock value for our clients through the use of a platform and through the use of uh, specifically the MineRP 4.0 platform. We uh, introduced our guests uh, in a week or two ago in an introductory podcast where we talked about this value-driven approach within MineRP, and you will... Uh, those of you who heard that podcast will, of course, remember Donald himself. Without much further ado, then, thank you for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to have you as a listener. Donald, can I jump in with both feet? And I'm going to ask you to do the same. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, you're a geologist by training, I believe, but there's much more to you than that. So tell us a little bit about your background. All right, MP. Um, thank you for the invite. I'm really excited to be here. I started mining journey back in 2014, uh, straight after, uh, straight from varsity, just after completing my honors degree in BSc geology, um, and then I worked as a graduate geologist uh, at a gold mining company, Anglo Gold Ashanti, and then later on moved into uh, a project management role uh, where I was part of a team responsible for for the implementing and developing of reef boring technology. I have a strong foundation in production geology, economic geology, and mining, um, including project management and digital transformation. I joined MANRP two years ago uh, as a mining professional and advocate for digitalization. And uh, I play a crucial role um, as an impetus for data amalgamation and integration across the mine value chain in MANRP. You didn't think as a exploration geologist and, uh, and operational geologist initially that you're going to have to work from home, did you? <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, I like to classify myself as a digital geologist MP, so I guess that covers that. <laughs> well, at least you're not a virtual geologist. You know? <laughs> so, no, Donald, it's great to have you uh, on the Mindwalk podcast, and I have to share this with you. I think you know, a few weeks back, I was talking to uh, a very senior industry specialist in South Africa, and, and to protect the innocent, I'll, <laughs> I'll just describe him as that. And he recently did a project with you, Donald, and he called MineRP afterwards. And, and, and in the discussion with him, and our CEO was also on the line, he said to us, where does, where does MineRP get the people that we appoint? It is just incredible the, the quality of people that we have. And then he said, as a case in point, you know, Donald just does brilliant work. It is just such a pleasure to, to work with him. So I don't know if you heard about that, Donald, but, but clearly your reputation precedes you. <laughs> it's great to have you on. <laughs> All right. Thank you, MP. So, so when we started with this uh, value engineering journey in MineRP, given this background of yours, you clearly had an interest. And, and also when we kicked off the value uh, paper competition, you started sooner than anyone else and you contributed essentially for every week, if I remember correctly. You really uh, added a lot of value. Specifically, the first paper that you, uh, or, or the paper that you submitted that, that eventually uh, ended up winning one of the weeks was called Data Unlocks Value. You know, we all know that geologists like to use data and work with lots of data continuously. 
But why don't you yeah. just quickly give us a, a, a thumbnail of the paper and what it is about? I think most most companies or mining companies are, are shifting strategies uh, by adopting new uh, business and operating models than ever before. And I believe this is due to um, uh, internal and external factors like your global demands, uh, market volatility, outbreak of a pandemic disease. So, so in order for them, for the mining companies or, in, or the mining industry to break through this challenging time, they need to start leveraging on tools and their capabilities to transform the key aspects of their business by just rethinking the way which they generate and analyze uh, data and also process data as well. So being being involved in so many projects at MinerP, um, the common most problem uh, of our clients is data, um, the ability to manage data, uh, disperse data, silo-based systems that produce so much valuable data, but rarely is the data used for operational intelligence. And, and sometimes they even ignore or just overlook uh, what the data is telling them or showing them. And, and later on, when things don't work their way, that's when they go back and see what the data was really saying. So companies, they need to actually start start to realize that they, they already had the answers to solve their current challenges. And that is why MinerP plays such a crucial uh, role in helping these companies to realize and, and sort of like package a solution that will best suit their needs. And I think Francois Nodier explains this very well. When you integrate or you amalgamate a mine, there's actually value or monetary value or even time that's attached to doing that. So the ability of just standardizing the operation, consolidating the data, amalgamating the operation, and, and being able to run powerful analytical tools on the data, you know, and at the end being able to automate all the processes can easily lead to better decision making and increased performance across the mine value chain, which can add a lot of value. And sometimes the value can even uh, be classified as monetary as well. So, so just if, if you don't mind me interrupting, you use the term uh, operationalization almost, or the operational use of data, as opposed to this perpetual kind of looking in the rearview mirror and, and only assessing what has happened in the past, which used to be difficult enough because data is locked away in a bunch of files and systems. But nowadays, that's not good enough. As you said there, we really want to be able to, to use the, the right data at the right time so that we can make decisions or respond to uh, to events, whether inside or outside of the, the company, at the time that change that we suggest will still have an impact, right? That if we don't have access to that data, then uh, it doesn't even matter that we're able to make a decision once we've analyzed it. Uh, if th th That opportunity lifetime only lasts for a while or what? Yes, I agree with you 100% uh, MP. And uh, if you look at, for example, an airline company, right? An airline company cannot be advertising economy class to a, to a CEO. I mean, most CEOs, they fly business class. Mm -hmm. So not having enough data or, of their client or customer, they have lost an opportunity to, to secure a loyal customer, maybe sell an extra service that that a person in that class uh, would be interested in. So nowadays we are so bombarded with data and, and, and having the ability to know which data to use at the right time can unlock so much value. And this is why it's, it's so important to consolidate data from, from these silo-based uh, systems in, in the mining industry, like your fleet management, uh, your ERP systems, and, and being able to run powerful tools on, on that consolidated data.
which also boils down to, to, to the time value of data. It's so, so, so important. I think most organizations are still trying to wrap their heads around how to make faster decisions based on their data, uh, because data is good now, as you mentioned, MP, and, and not at the end of the week or at the end of the month on measuring day uh, to make a decision whether they mind off reef or on reef. I mean, data is good now. So, and you also see uh, across across the mining industry or even all the industries as well, you see professionals spending so much time creating reports with outdated uh, data, uh, which, which serves no purpose because over time, the value of data declines and eventually becomes useless. So you've mentioned two concepts that I'd like to explore just a little bit more. We hear a lot being said about big data, which is classically defined as the, the variety the velocity and the volume of data that is coming at, uh, at decision makers these days. Is that an experience that you see more and more in mines and as you work with mining companies that they are generating a lot of information and that there's a bit of information fatigue or just so much information that they cannot deal with it? Yes, uh, that's, that's something that I come across uh, with most clients, MP. You find that most companies they invest so much money on on these silo based systems whereby they just produce a lot of data and rarely is this data used to make decisions within the mine so you find uh, a system can produce a lot of data but almost uh, less than five percent of that data is used within the mine so you find uh, companies are investing so much money in these siloed based systems they produce a lot of data but less than five percent of that data is used to to make uh, intelligent decisions within the company or within the operation so you find companies are investing so much money in in these siloed based systems which produce a lot of data but rarely is this data used to make uh, intelligent decisions with, within the company so this is something that i come across a lot when working with clients mp and it's something that uh, most companies they need to start educating themselves and they need to start investing in tools and in order to automatically take this data and make sense of this data because as as people as humans we we cannot make sense of this data that's why we need intelligent tools we need digital tools to take this data and actually find trends and find patterns and actually respond back to us to say this is what's currently happening with the data and this is how we can respond in order for us to make a better decision that will benefit the company or the operation it's interesting that, that one of the statements you make in your paper is that most mining companies don't realize they already have the answers to resolve their current challenges so it's not as if they need to create more data points or create more data. They really just need to figure out a way to use the data and, and probably also relate the data that they have, the different data sets, to one another. So you've got a, you've got a diagram that you quoted in your document, and, you, and the subtitle is Mining Use Only a Fraction of Their Data. And then you go through a few phases from the point where data is captured to where decisions are made and how data is lost and, mm. and, and so on. You want to talk to that a little bit we'll for the sake of our uh, listeners we'll uh, create a link to donald's paper in the uh, notes to this podcast and you're welcome to get it from there and then see the image as well but donald 
Do you want to take us through that a bit? Yes, and as you mentioned, most companies do not realize they already have the, the solutions to, to the current challenges they're facing with. And these systems that they're currently using and investing a lot of money in produces a lot of data of which the data sometimes can be just uh, useless or it's not used at all. And it's very important that we, we also put in digital tools um, in order to manage this, uh, this huge data that's coming in from these different systems. This is where MinorP plays a, a very a crucial role in the industry to provide uh, a platform uh, where this data can communicate and link up with with the other siloed based systems and actually make sense of what's actually happening with with the data that's flowing through the operation so a platform is is very crucial uh, and important in order for one to amalgamate and 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 collect and make sense of all the data that's been produced uh, throughout the operation so in, in your paper you've got failure points in the use of information, which I, which I thought was really clever. You know, I'm going to list them here. You say they, you know, some of those failure points include data not being captured. I assume that would be where it's either through human reason that, that planned data was, was supposed to be captured isn't, or that there's a gap in the capturing. Is that right? Yes, MP, and you, you find most of the time these capturing of data is it's, it's done by, by people, it's done by professionals, and uh, you find most of the time they spend so much time collecting this data and creating reports from, from this data, whereby when you have digital tools and when you have data that's been consolidated, it, it's something that can be automized, and you don't have to involve so much human interaction with the data can be automatically uh, automated and even produce reports uh, automatically as well. And this also relieves uh, the professionals or experts to actually start focusing on the actual work and not, not spend the whole time creating reports. So, and that will also minimize errors and also save a lot of time for these mining professionals or, or experts. So you've talked about the fact that data is either A, not captured or is poorly captured uh, and that that's the first problem that people normally go to. But that's not the only failure point in, in operational information. You've also listed some five other failure points. Do you want to quickly just mention those? Yes, definitely, MP. I think one of the failure points that stand out for me is data not being uh, accessible um, mm. uh, throughout the operation. Based on my experience, you find most of the time uh, uh, people collect data um, and then from there they just hoard it or keep it to themselves and not share it with <laughs> people who actually need to use the data to, to maybe to create reports or maybe to make uh, decisions based on that data. And uh, and sometimes that can affect or slow down the, the operation or the business. And this obviously, if data is not fully available, this also leads to data not being analyzed or, or the data is analyzed, but there's a lot of data that's missing, of which meaning the results won't, won't give a, a great output um, when the data is being analyzed. And also again, leading to communication as well. I think with working in a, in a complex uh, industry like mining, communication is very important. The, the most successful businesses around the world is, is operated by one person. And the reason for that is because everything that goes through that company goes through one brain. So as soon as you start <laughs> introducing other effects like, like, like people and machinery, it starts to become very complicated and, and you introduce a lot of uh, challenges and barriers and, and lack of communication as well. This is very crucial that uh, in, in an operational information 
uh, environment, you need to be able to link up with, with the previous chain and not only with the previous chain, but the chain in front of you as well. This leads to communication that is uh, uh, well beyond uh, our understanding. And sometimes it, it's communication that should be automized, uh, as I mentioned earlier on. It's not right. something that yeah. should be handled by humans. It's something that should be automated by, by the system or by a platform um, right. to, to, to minimize uh, human error uh, in there as well. So it's interesting that you say data is not used in decision making. You know, I've seen and you've seen this, I'm sure even much more, KPI trees and dashboards on mines and on the walls of general managers, etc. And I look at them and I'm thinking, who on earth manages 500 KPIs? You know, mm, it's probably impossible. over... <laughs> It's impossible. I'm probably it's impossible, over, yeah. overstating the fact a little bit, mm. but it is in the it's it's in whittling down that which is really important, and then making sure that, as you said, things flow, that that the data is actually properly streamed and and, and is accessible at the time when you need it, and and so on. So yeah, that was a that was a very good diagram that you included in the paper. There, let's let's bring this to a close a little bit, and maybe just talk about the the value. So you said in your paper that the right data at the right time has the ability to transform key aspects of the mining value chain. And so if I hear the word transform, it, what it means to me is that a mining company could act differently and potentially even be successful if they use their information differently than what they are doing up to now. Can you, can you expand a bit on that? Yes, yes, MP. I think you're 100% right. And um, as I mentioned earlier on, the right data at the right time um, has the ability to transform uh, uh, any operation, right? Um, I mean, the ability to speed up production, um, not having to wait for information to come out of underground in order for you to react or to make a decision. But if, if you if you can access live data of what's currently happening um, with the operation, you can make a decision right there and there on the spot. Having the ability to do that, this, it, it also increases confidence of the investors and, and, and key stakeholders because the, they trust and believe that whatever decision is made is made based on on the right data, right? Mm. And, and, and having the ability to access the data uh, and, and access the data and having one version of the truth and not acting on data from different, the same data from three different uh, platforms or three different streams, you know, Forces, having yeah. the one sources yeah yeah 100 percent uh, just having the right data at the right time they can also um, also reduce errors and, and increase accuracies in terms of uh, data from the same source um, having uh, being able to come up with with results that reflects or that will improve the next coming uh, chain in the in the mind value chain uh, that is very important and, and 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 lastly being able to automate all of these processes and and I think MP throughout our conversation I've been preaching a lot of uh, about automation and yes. because I believe it's something that is very, very important. Uh, I mean, it's, based on my experience, I see a lot of mining professionals spending so much time creating reports and sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to me. It's just crazy. Being so able it's interesting, to just... what, you know, when, when we talk about automation, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is automated trucks and automated diggers and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But you are talking about process automation and, and yes information automation and decision-making mm. automation and things like that, way beyond merely uh, automating a machine. Am I right? 
Yes, yes, hundred percent. It 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 goes beyond that. Uh, it's actually part of that as well. So being able to automate these processes and giving back the time to to the experts, uh, being able to give them time to to think of new things that they can create, and it actually relieves them from from all these uh, stresses and, 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 yeah. <laughs> and day to day tasks. I mean. Uh, most of these professionals spend most of the time just creating reports and not actually doing the work that the reports are saying. So, um, so you're not saying we don't need we don't need geologists and mining engineers because the computer is going to do the work. You're saying <laughs> we need we need engineers to do engineering instead of reporting. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If I agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah. Donald, <laughs> it was a pleasure to talk with you and. Uh, Thank you for being such a brilliant um, brand ambassador for Minor P and uh, and then for Thank this you, excellent me. paper that you that you wrote. You're a uh, you're a real asset. Talking about mineral assets, you're more than a mineral asset. <laughs> <laughs> um, we always close our podcast with a, with a little, little bit of a more personal view. So we ask our guests what they are reading. When when we did our planning, you said you'd read a book every second day or something like that. So you're a prolific reader, right? <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, I did not finish that whole sentence. And yeah, I meant to say I read a book every single day for my boy. <laughs> a bedtime story <laughs> for go. my boy. <laughs> the last book I read uh, was called The Alchemist by Apollo Kulu. Yeah. And that was a fantastic book. I, I, I would recommend you to get it and read it yourself, maybe. We'll certainly add that to the list. And for, for all of our listeners, we're creating a list now, and you'll be able to find it on our website that will refer you to all of the wisdom <laughs> from, our, yes. from other guests. On that as well, um, I think uh, I, I watch a lot of docu-series. Um, the recent one that I've been watching is um, Inside Bill Gates' uh, Brain. Uh, decoding bill gates uh, it's a fantastic series um, i would recommend everyone to watch it well that sounds very interesting and and you're probably right as a as a as a millennial you've just reminded me that that reading goes beyond uh, <laughs> paper books <laughs> uh, nowadays you know there's much much more ways to collect information Donald yes, Lekenge, thank 100%. you very much you've been a brilliant guest and and um we hope to have you back soon to discuss more of your uh, experience with our listeners all right thank you uh, it was a real pleasure to be here um, thank you Andy. thank you for listening.